Wonderful Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. That's police radio transmission from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland on February 14th, 2018. The day that 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz, who had been expelled from the school, chose to commit mass murder because he told a shrink he wanted to ruin it for everyone because he knew he would not be loved. 911, what is your emergency? Hi, my daughter just uh, texted me from school. She's at Stoneman Douglas, Mar- Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, and she says there's an active shooter. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School is being shot up. Is being shot up? Are you at the school? I can't hear you. Are you at the school? Mm-hmm. And you said shot, shot, shot. Mom, God. Okay, we do we do have a call put in for dispatch. There are multiple police officers and fire rescue on the way out there, okay? I love you. I love you. It's going to be fine. Can you hide somewhere? Can you play dead? If he shoots, we need to play dead. I'm not going to rehash the mistakes made by the Broward Sheriff's Office or Sheriff Scott Israel or the Coral Springs Police. I'm not going to rehash the political ramifications of this massacre or the fact that BSO School Resource Officer Scott Peterson took no action. Officer Peterson was on the scene of the shooting one minute after the first shot was fired. It took officers 11 minutes to breach the building. I observed a um, child dead on the ground on the left, and there was like uh, smoke and dust in the air. I checked him for vitals, um, realized that he was deceased, believed that there was still a shooter inside the building, and we made entry into the building. Cruz was long gone by then. And as he's running south, what does he do? He blends in with all the students and the teachers who were evacuated. Oh, he's got his JROTC polo shirt on, blended right in. Talk about inaction, you also should know that the U.S. Department of Justice reached a $127.5 million settlement with the families of most of those killed or wounded in the massacre because the FBI failed to investigate a tip it received about a month before the massacre. The 17th family chose not to sue. Now, according to the Justice Department, the settlement does not amount to an admission of fault by the United States federal government. I'm also not going to argue the merits for and against capital punishment over life in prison. I am going to tell you about the sentencing phase of Nicholas Cruz's murder trial. After all, he pled guilty to all 17 counts of first-degree murder. Count 17, murder in the first degree of Peter Wang. How do you wish to plead? Guilty. Cruz admits it. I did it. Now the argument must be made to spare his life or sentence him to death. No other killer of so many people except for Timothy McVeigh in a single attack has ever been brought to court in modern U.S. history. The rest have died by suicide or have been killed during their attacks. So this is one of the rare cases in which society will decide how to punish such monstrous behavior. You got a total of 139 rounds that the defendant fired in the 1200 building on February the 14th, 2018. Listen to this chilling testimony from a shooting survivor. I was just hiding until I felt myself get hit. I didn't know how many times. I just, I just knew I was hit. And I tried looking behind me to see if anyone could help me, but all I saw was blood on the floor. When the fire alarm went off, I also thought that hopefully, like, they knew what was going on and so that they were coming soon, but... 
um, I ended up passing out. I was shot four times in my right arm, my right lung, some of my ribs on my right side, and I had surgery on my abdomen. Closing arguments in Nicholas Cruz's sentencing phase begin tomorrow. I'm recording this on Monday, October 10th, and then the jury will begin deliberating on his life or death fate on Wednesday. They must agree unanimously to put him to death on at least one of the 17 counts of first-degree murder or spare his life. You're denying the defense an opportunity to do some additional research in order to make an argument after lunch? You can make additional argument after lunch. I'll do it without prejudice. So the judge and Nicholas Cruz's defense team were butting heads the entire sentencing trial. I'll give you five or ten minutes, but you're going to give me five or ten minutes to make a decision about whether I want to ask for a mistrial in a 17-count capital murder. We're one and a half days into jury pre-selection, so yes, I am. You won't give me 24 hours. I just no. want to make sure the record's clear. The record's clear. I'm not giving you 24 hours. The defense called for a mistrial and for the judge to recuse herself. And then the defense suddenly rested its case without calling all of the witnesses on their list. And the circuit judge, Elizabeth Schur, lost it with the lead defense attorney, Melissa McNeil's sudden announcement. I just want to say this is the most uncalled for, unprofessional way to try a case. I honestly, I have never experienced a level of unprofessionalism in my career. I have been practicing in this county for 20 years. You know what, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Judge, you're insulting me on the record in front of my client, and I believe that I should be able to. Okay, you can do that later. You can put, make your record later, but you've been insulting me the entire trial. Uh, meow. Defense attorneys had originally told the judge and prosecutors they would be calling 80 witnesses to defend Nicholas Cruz, who pled guilty last year to murdering 14 students and three staff members in the 2018 Valentine's Day massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida. Instead, the defense only called 25 witnesses. There were 11 days of defense testimony overall, and the last two spotlighted experts who talked about how his birth mother's heavy use of alcohol during her pregnancy might have affected his brain's development. I don't know if the defense felt like that they had swayed at least one juror to vote for life without parole rather than death for Nick Cruz, or if the defense thinks that they have no chance to save his life since their client has A, pled guilty to killing 17 people, and B, talked about committing the shooting on a cell phone video days before he gunned everyone down. The premeditation is an aggravating factor for the death penalty. My name is Nick, and I'm going to be the next school shooter of 2018. My goal is at least 20 people. Location is Stone Douglas in Parkland, Florida. It's going to be a big event. And when you see me on the news, you'll all know who I am. Yeah, that was now 24-year-old Nicholas Cruz in a video he shot perhaps the day before the MSD high school shootings. In one of the videos, Cruz outlined his plan for the massacre, saying that he intended to take an Uber to the school and then end up on an upper floor of the building so he could act like a sniper. He, like, set up a sniper nest up there, but there was a bulletproof window there. He couldn't shoot out of it. And Cruz did end up taking an Uber to the school that day. And the Uber driver, when questioned by police, said he had no idea that there was a gun inside the big bag that Cruz was carrying. Police say after he shot 34 people... He walked out of the school, mixed in with other students to get off campus, then went to a subway in McDonald's for a drink, finally arrested by a Coconut Creek police officer. What's going on today, bro? Uh, the, the demons, man. 
demons. Where am I? Holy what happened? Shut up. Just be quiet, man. So the jury of seven men and five women is 100% death qualified. That means every juror was asked during voir dire if they would be able to recommend death for Cruz, and they all said they would be comfortable with recommending lethal injection rather than life without parole. Now, if the panel does not give him the death penalty, the only other possible outcome for Cruz is life in prison without the possibility of parole. And as per state law in Florida, the judge would still be able to sentence him to life in prison, even if the jury recommends that he be put to death. And the way the sentencing trial's been going, who knows what Judge Schur is going to do. So in Florida, prosecutors can seek the death penalty in cases where the accused has been convicted of first-degree murder with aggravating factors, which we've talked about, which include previous felony convictions, murders that are especially heinous, ding, 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 atrocious or cruel, creating a risk of death to many persons, ding, 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 and cold, calculated murders that were premeditated. There you go. So I submit to you that the aggravating factors are proven beyond a reasonable doubt, and that those aggravating factors outweigh by a ton any mitigating circumstances. The appropriate sentence for Nicholas Cruz is the death penalty. The jury's job during the sentencing trial is to weigh potentially aggravating factors such as the heinousness of the crime, premeditation, as well as potentially mitigating factors like the gunman's background, mental health, and determining his fate. So you have to weigh the bad stuff with the stuff that the suspect went through when he was younger. The defense team argued that Cruz was plagued by mental illness and had a difficult childhood and does not deserve to be executed. By the way, Cruz has written while in jail that he wants to die. 30 pages of drawings that Cruz has made inside his jail cell were released to the media, giving an insight to his state of mind. On one page, Cruz discussed the issue the jury will decide. And he says, quote, all I want to do is go to death row. I do not want life. Please help me go to death row. Three exclamation points. He also used his own blood to draw 666 on the wall of his jail cell. In other pages, he also wrote, I do not want to be bothered by anyone or anything. I can't wait to die. Blood, blood. I only want to see blood, end quote. Other pages include sketches of what look like automatic weapons and ammunition. I have them posted on my Full Rigor podcast Instagram page. The words, Hail Satan are written alongside drawings of monstrous faces and pentagrams, while the number 666, which is associated with the Antichrist, was scrawled on several pages. Those drawings led to deputies placing Cruz on suicide watch in May. Cruz's lead attorney, Melissa McNeil, made a reference to the drawings in her opening statement saying, one day he wants to live and one day he wants to die. McNeil acknowledged there's no excuse for what Cruz did, but urged jurors to consider the mitigating factors that her team presented, like jurors were told that Cruz's brain was irretrievably broken because his birth mother abused crack cocaine and alcohol during her pregnancy. Here's Cruz discussing his cruelty toward animals while being interviewed at the Broward Jail right after the 2018 massacre. I burned, I, I tortured them, I skinned them alive, I uh, shot them, what else? I usually play with their dead bodies or I eat them. Cruz has fetal alcohol and drug issues that his adoptive mother, Linda Cruz, didn't adequately deal with, according to his defense attorney. Does FASD explain the murder of Meadow? No. 
Does FASD explain the murder of Joaquin? No. Does FASD explain the murder of Jamie? No. And his adoptive mother died shortly before the shootings. So the defense team also argued that Cruz suffered sexual abuse by a trusted peer and was bullied and suffered emotional problems following his adoptive mother's death four months before the massacre. Oh, and he's sorry. I am very sorry for what I did, and I have to live with it every day. And that if I were to get a second chance, I would do everything in my power to try to help others. And I am doing this for you, and I do not care if you do not believe me. So for months and months, the defense said, look, we'll have him plead guilty to all of these counts if you drop the death penalty. And the state said no, they wanted the death penalty. So the prosecution spent three weeks presenting its case, which included emotional testimonies from parents of victims. I lost my soulmate in the flesh. Elena was a really good and loving person. She loved her friends, she loved her family, and most importantly, she loved God. I'm still trying to learn to live with this every day and is not getting any easier. I will never get over it. I will never get past it. My life will never ever be the same. They showed the jury motion-activated surveillance video from inside the school during the shooting. Each juror had a monitor and there was no sound. And it was dead quiet in the courtroom as family members watched the jurors' faces for any kind of a reaction. But the shooting caused a lot of smoke and debris to fill the air, so it was difficult to see what was happening on the video. Here's the English teacher, Dara Haas, who describes what it was like in her classroom where three students were shot dead. It was hazy and you could smell the, the, the sulfur from the guns and debris was flying across the room. and. The students were crying, and we just tried our best. The jury was also shown video of student Chris McKenna encountering Nick Cruz before the shooting. He was carrying his weapon, an AR-15 that he bought legally, in the stairwell of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Here is what Chris McKenna said. Black man, he had a rifle in his hand. He said to me, get out of here. Things are about to get bad. If uh, you saw the person that was in the stairwell with you, would you be able to identify him? Yes, sir. You see him in the courtroom today? I do. Going for glasses, He pointed to Nick Cruz. He said he immediately ran and found Coach Aaron Feist in the parking lot. Coach Feist would later be shot dead trying to save other students' lives. The prosecution also took the jury to the crime scene, the freshman building, which was left as it was from the day of the shooting in 2018. Only the bodies had been removed. It was shocking. Also, the prosecution put the gun store owner, where Cruz legally bought his AR-15, on the stand. What are you going to do with the rifle? And the reply was, I go shooting with my friends on the weekends. I just want my own stuff. So apparently Cruz had carved swastikas into the gun stock and drawn swastikas on school assignments. There was an argument over whether the jury should hear this evidence or not. We have three motions. We have the, I'll call it the swastika motion, which I'm very familiar with. I assume both sides are familiar with that motion. The judge ruled the jury could see it. She and the prosecutors pointed out that the defense was not against admitting drawings Cruz had made that included a gross slur used against black people, which they said was equally offensive. The 12 jurors and 10 alternates include people who are white, black, Asian, and Hispanic. Here are some opinions from parents of dead students and shooting survivor David Hogg about what should happen to Nick Cruz. I never heard before, by the way, the 
the the whole story of the shooting itself. It's bizarre. It's terrible. It's from someone that is really evil. I think many of us just want to have this chapter closed and move on to preventing these things from happening in the future. He was a sweet young man that had a life ahead of him. And the person you saw in there today chose to take his life. And he does not deserve life in prison. Life in prison is a life. And he deserves nothing more than the death penalty. So the jury is set to begin deliberating this week. And again, they must consider all 17 counts of first-degree murder and unanimously agree on the death penalty on at least one count. Okay, all the jurors have been excused to begin their deliberations. I'm sure you all have done this, but if you haven't, if you would please give the clerk a contact number so that we can get in touch with you if there's a question or a verdict. The judge gave the jury instructions this morning. If you do not unanimously find that at least one aggravating factor was proven by the state beyond a reasonable doubt, then the defendant is not eligible for the death penalty, and your verdict must be for a sentence of life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. How long it will take the jury to decide this? I don't know. Will they decide death on all counts? What will the judge do then? It's been four long years since this nightmare began, and hopefully it will all be over soon. I'll keep you posted when the verdict is read. I'll have it for you. For now, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. I'm Karen Curtis. Thanks for listening. Until next time.